You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Grand Rising, everybody. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, And we got a great, thorough Thursday for you today. I have some amazing guests coming up. So excited because I'll get to dive in with Duty Chuku from Mission Africa. And also Akuna is joining us. She's going to be telling us more about some of the programs that they have going on there at Mission Africa. And I get to follow up the show with my guy, Dre Franklin, Andre Franklin from Build 206 is in the building. They have an amazing new incubator program that he'll be sharing with us. So I'm so glad to dive in. But of course, it's the top of the show. So it's a great time to tag and share the stream. Y'all go ahead tag and share the stream with folks who feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on the day with Trey. And if you cannot watch us, you can always listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network, The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, you name it. Whichever one is your favorite platform, search for me, The Day with Trey, and y'all will find me there. Shout out to all of y'all for tagging and sharing the stream. Shout out to our podcast team for making it happen on the podcast platform. Keith, I'm working on my breath work, so I'm not breathing into the mic too much. (laughs) Thank you so much. We appreciate all the work y'all are doing behind the scenes and all the work y'all are doing out there to make make sure folks are experiencing this daily dose of dopeness right here. So I appreciate all of the love. It's been amazing because I'm telling you, I get emails and DMs and messages and just people being like, wow, I didn't, somebody shared the show with me. Thank you for doing what you do. So it's all because of all of you out there. So I appreciate you. I got to share a little bit more appreciation this morning because my friends over at Weird at Night stopped by this morning to make sure that I got my birthday gift. And of course it says attack with love as they all do. Thank you to my friends over there at Weird at Night. I got to send a special shout out to my brother's Patrick Galactic and of course Blaze in Space. Appreciate you guys and all of the work you're doing over there at Weird at Night. The whole team love being a part of the Waniverse. So thank you so much. I will greatly cherish my mug. And you are right. You know, I might I might need a little mug. I think I'm going to get one with the Day with Trey logo on it or something right here. I don't drink coffee, but I do drink tea. So maybe I'll have tea in the morning right here with all of you as we start the show. Well, um, with that, I'm really excited to start the show with Duty. Duty's going to tell us all about her role as the executive director for Mission Africa. Hi, Duty. Hi, Trey. Uh, so great to be with you this morning. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I really uh, love learning about organizations. I want you to share with me and the audience here what is Mission Africa? Well, Mission Africa is uh, a nonprofit um, organization that my husband and I founded uh, 17 years ago. And uh, our sole aim at that time was to tackle social problems in Nigeria. We're originally from Nigeria. And uh, we have since grown to working in about 11 African countries. We do a lot of uh, services and programs here in the United States. We work in Mexico. We've done some things in Honduras. So we have continued to grow, but the aim was just to tackle social problems in Nigeria. But 
Yeah, we are. Well, social problems <laughs> exist all over the world. We know this. And I know you know it all too well, Duty. What are some of the ways that you all uh, design your approach around uh, really connecting and battling these social issues? Because there are, they're vast, right? And they're also yeah. different for different places in the world. Tell us a bit about your approach to that work. Well, first of all, we, I always tell people that Nigeria is not a poor country. It's a very wealthy country with a lot of poor people. So we do whatever we can to help the grassroots. You know, we, uh, we help those who will not be helped otherwise. We do education, healthcare, and poverty alleviation. So we give full-time scholarship to kids who cannot go to high school. You know, in Nigeria, sometimes you have kids who are 25 years old still trying to finish high school because you, you go when your parents can pay and you're kicked out when your parents cannot pay. We don't have any level of free education. So we do that when we pick up kids for our scholarship program. We take them through six years of school. We don't have middle school. So from the time they get into middle school until they graduate from high school, we do that. We say, you know, changing lives one village at a time. So we pick our 50 students, either from one or two villages. And when they graduate after six years, we pick another group of 50 students. And then for healthcare, we go to all these remote villages where people have never, adults, older people who have never seen a doctor, because literally people go to see a doctor when they are carried to the hospital. Mm -hmm. We don't have like, you know, I need to see my, you know, my doctor once a year. We don't do that. So we take uh, free medical services to these villages. We, we check their eyes. We check their, you know, um, do the complete health check and give them medication, give them free glasses. We do that every year. And shout out to our volunteers. We have a very strong volunteer base, you know, back in Nigeria, doctors, nurses, you know, medical professionals that help us. And then for poverty alleviation, we do, you know, short term loans, micro loans to struggling businesses. So whatever we can do to just make people's lives better, that's what we do. And wow. uh, we've been we've been growing since we started. Well, I mean, 17 years is a long time for a nonprofit to, to be in existence, particularly when you're talking about needing to serve so many different needs. Um, it's important that you all were able to bring your life experience into this. Tell us a bit about that inspiration for you and your husband as you guys thought about uh, your way of giving back to all the people the way that you do now with Mission Africa. Well, one of the pictures I always paint about my life was when I got a visa to go to the, to come to the United States. Because in most African countries, you're either going to heaven or you're going to the USA. So it's a big deal. So when I got a visa to go and the day I was leaving the village, um, I remember uncles, aunties, cousins, all the little kids, they were there. And as the car that came to take me to the airport, drove off. Everybody was screaming, don't forget us. Don't forget us. And of course, the kids were chasing after the car. So, and uh, I vowed that day not to forget. So most of the things we do, we don't do because we have a lot, you know, it, we, I don't believe you have to be a, a millionaire to make a difference, but it, it, it's just a, a mindset. We, we, I just decided that I'm not going to forget these people. So one of the programs we do here, Smiles at Christmas, we have provided over 45,000 toys to kids. And sometimes people ask me, 
So you have toys in Africa? And I tell them, I've never owned a toy. I never owned a toy. That's not what we do. But um, I remember seeing the faces of kids with toys here. And I told myself, if I have the opportunity, I'm going to put these smiles, you know, on the faces of these little ones every Christmas. And that's why we call it Smiles at Christmas. So my point is, it's just making up my mind or making up our minds that we will not forget. My parents were, you know, they are my, my most, my highest inspiration, so to speak, because uh, both my parents were the, you know, kind of people who went to school or who were little exposed to having more in their family. So we have everybody go through our home. I remember being in high school before one of my siblings was able to tell me, who my siblings are, because we always had people, it's okay, <laughs> this is your cousin, this is your niece, this, everybody lived with us, because we were able to feed them, to help them go to school, so I, philanthropy didn't start with me in my family, you know, I have other sisters who have non-profits too, and they run them, so it's just, it, it's not because we had much, but because we just come from that background of you know, you're not living a good life except you're living it for others. That's just what we believe. So we believe in giving back and that's what we do. Wherever we are, Africa, America, wherever it is. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that is so inspiring, Duty. Uh, just the visual that you painted for me uh, as all of your loved ones, you know, gathered as you were leaving um, and they told you not to forget them. I, I was, I'm so struck emotionally by that. Uh, that really leads me to what I was going to ask, because obviously you all are providing something that's very specific and unique, but necessary. Right. And it sounds, too, that you're providing some necessary services that maybe folks had never been able to experience before. Tell us a bit about the, the way that folks are receiving the way that Mission Africa is coming through for them and providing these amazing services. Yes. Yeah, so um, the kids that we pay their fees, they are either complete orphans or they're being raised by single mothers. Our scholarship students are the poorest of the poor. We don't uh, sponsor kids that are in the city. Like I said, Nigeria is very wealthy. It's not a poor country. But the kids that we help are the poorest. And we live here. We don't know them. But we have the development union of the village tell us this one is poor, but this one is poorer. This one has been out of school for one year, but this one has been out of school for two years. So, this is, so these are the kids that we are changing their lives. And now we have, um, we have had two sets graduate already. So we have had 100 you know, um, kids already graduate. And some of them are engineers now. Some of them are medical doctors. Some of them are teachers. So you wonder, these kids that their relatives couldn't even pay their school fees for high school, how did they get to go to the university? Because our kids, all of them have, we have 100% graduation rate to start with. Because when we're looking for 50 students in our program, we will have up to 500 applications. So by the time you make it on that list of 50, you will work hard. So we end up having the best students in these village schools. And because they make the best results for the West African School Certificate exam, which is like our um, high school diploma, 
their relatives, they sell a piece of land, they sell whatever they have to, they contribute money, they make donations to make sure that this kid goes higher. So we have these four kids who had nobody to help them. Just the fact that Mission Africa was able to bring them up and show their relatives that this is what this kid can do. Their lives are completely changed. Their lives are completely changed. And uh, we are very grateful for that. That's just for our education program. You know, for all the other programs like that, we have people who have never seen a doctor, like I said, but they come, we give them medication that will last them three months, six months. And then, you know, sometimes we have to refer them to doctors. You know, the micro loans, when after COVID, a lot of small businesses struggled, you know, worldwide. And then we had to give micro loans to some of these businesses so that their businesses can pick up. And it made a world of difference for them. And they are so grateful. And we are thankful that we're able to do that. Well, I gotta, I'm just so inspired. I mean, honestly, uh, thank you to you and your husband, to your family who supported you for starting Mission Africa. It is such a beautiful mission and vision that you all are executing. And it sounds like you're executing very well with the numbers that you're able to share. Uh, I, I wish I had more time. I want you to look right there in the camera. Let folks know how they can contribute and connect to Mission Africa. All right. Well, um, I just shared mostly of our global programs, but we do a lot of programs here in the United States. And you want, if you want to reach us or learn more about Mission Africa, please go to missionafrica.us. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Mission in Africa. You can find us on Instagram, Mission in Africa. And uh, we'll be happy to hear from you. And if you have any questions or you want to subscribe to our newsletter, please do so on our website. Thank you. Wow, Duty, thank you so much for your dedication to this work. It is beyond uh, inspiring. It really is. I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed right now. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, I'm glad to be here. Right. Oh, my goodness, y'all. I'm telling you, the inspiration will continue. We're going to dive a little bit more into Mission Africa and some of the programs that they're doing with one of their program managers, Akuna, who's joining me right after this short break. Stay tuned, y'all. You're watching The David Trey. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Trey Holiday. We're bringing back black love when we met that's right we need something to warm all of our hearts and to elevate love once again in our communities we want y'all to go to whereweconverge.com forward slash black love so y'all can nominate your favorite couple for the next rendition of this show with me as the host let me sit down and have them on my couch and share how their love can inspire us all make sure y'all go and get your nominations in today and be on the look out for black love when we met coming at you on converge media very soon pacific northwest ballet unveils giselle ballet's classic tale of romance betrayal and immortal love the new york times calls it a triumph comparable to an epic film this stunning production is touched by magic Order tickets now at pnb.org. Welcome back, everybody, to The David Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, And joining me right now is Akuna. What's up, Akuna? How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Duty set a solid foundation for us. Tell us a little bit more about your role at Mission Africa. 
Yeah, so she surely did set the tone and, and thank you so much to her. Um, Mission Africa, as you can see, is, is a very small organization with a big impact. And um, when 2020 hit, we definitely had to shift. Um, and Duty mentioned a lot of our global programs, but we do a lot locally. And that's where um, I step in a lot. Um, so she mentioned our Smiles at Christmas program, but we also have a back to school outreach every year. Um, we've given hundreds of backpacks filled with school supplies to students to get ready for the school year. I know that after the summertime, especially trying to find things for children to do, summer camps, et cetera. Sometimes it gets hard to, to then have to turn around and buy backpacks and clothes and school supplies. So we just offer that to, to take a little bit of the burden off of the parents' backs for that. Um, we also have uh, local programs. One that I facilitate is called the Youth Marijuana Prevention and Education Program. And due to COVID, it's mostly been virtual. So we have these classes where we teach youth about the harmful effects of marijuana and tobacco use. And we break it down for them in a way that they really understand. And what I like to do when I facilitate that is also put an emphasis on the self-love aspect because when we go over the health effects, a lot of the times the youth is like, so why do people still do it? So we kind of have to break it down for them and explain to them, you know, sometimes people are trying to feel a void or, you know, sometimes when they feel sad or they're stressed out. And we like to talk about different ways that they can mitigate those feelings. We've even done meditation in some of the classes and talked about mindfulness. And they really love that. You know, I, I always tell them to go to their happy place. And they're like, I didn't know I could do that. So just really empowering the youth because especially in the past two years, they've been told so much stuff that they can't do or so much stuff that they have to do that isn't necessarily things that they would want. So breaking it down in that way as well. Um, so I just help with managing the different aspects of the projects, whether it's community outreach or um, recruiting students for our smaller classes or virtual classes and kind of just keep things organized. Well, it sounds like you have a lot on your plate too, Akuna, but I'm glad that you are really focusing on this local connection. You know, one of the things that I'm always talking about here is you know, building relationships. And it means that you do have to have a local presence in order to do that. You know, you have to be able to be connected to these communities because it allows you to really customize your approach, particularly when you're talking about youth, right? I mean, and I'm sure that you've really experienced that in your role. Tell us a bit about how the youth have been responding um, to what you guys are putting out there in the way that your approach is really targeting certain areas of their lives. Yes. Well, you know, at first, a lot of them have Zoom fatigue. So they don't want to put their cameras on. They don't want to participate. But I just always put like a, a humor aspect to it. Um, I've even gotten to the point where I will do like little voices. I'm like, okay, if nobody wants to read, I'll read it. And I'll read the text in like an annoying voice to make them. <laughs> and so just kind of warming them up and letting them know, you know, like, I'm your friend. <laughs> I'm teaching you and you have to respect me. However, I'm not here to, 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 you know, be over you like a hawk or anything like that. I really want you to know this information and learn it. And we've been learning how to activate youth in different ways. Um, another local program that we had this past year was called the AHAP Project. And that was just an amazing project for Mission Africa. We were able to work with over, I think the number was 28 um, African community-led organizations. And um, 
engage the youth. We call them youth change agents because we talked to them about how they were feeling during during COVID, what was going on. We were able to do some health surveys and, and um, also work on mental health. And they were able to express themselves creatively. And that's a very big thing that seems to be overlooked a lot in education. I know that Maybe there's some art classes here and there, but even when I was coming up, it was like two electives, but all the rest was just core. And even in those classes, we didn't always have a way to creatively express ourselves. And like I said, with what's been going on the past couple of years, it's very important for youth to have a creative outlet. Some people learn in different ways. So we always have to make sure that we can cater to the different learning styles and um, get that creativeness out of them because that's what helps them actually retain the information. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I love hearing that you're taking a really uh, kind of comedic approach at times to uplift their spirits. I think, you know, I experienced it with my son who's 17, you know, just that that year of strictly online school was like it was a lot, I mm -hmm. think, for them to take on particularly because in a, you know, young child's environment, school is one of the first places that they have to really learn about socialization, you know, being able to build their network, their friend group, you know, really have that social harmony uh, aspect of their lives that is really necessary for us as human beings. And so I really appreciate, uh, you know, the fact that you are recognizing that, acknowledging that in your approach. Uh, you, you, you also have like a mapping program, right? Um, that you all have done. Tell us more about that. Uh, mapping program. Digital. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So that is our big project that we're working on right now. It's called our digital navigation project. Navigation, yeah. And it is so neat. Well, let me tell you what it is before I just go on into it. So people may ask, even the name digital navigation, it sounds a little, like you said, mapping. It sounds like, are we GPS? What's going on here? But what it is, it's basically free computer and tech assistance. Mm -hmm. So right now we are hosting classes twice a week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7.30 p.m. and on Saturdays from 1 to 2.30 p.m. We have a new office in Federal Way and we provide computers for people to learn on. So we've taught classes on um, phishing and how to avoid scams, how to create your own email account. We're going through the Microsoft suite, so Microsoft Word, Excel, PowerPoint. Um, we are this week is going to be the actually today is the first day that we are offering a Zoom class because some people don't have transportation to get to our office. So we'll be offering a Zoom class. We are also working on um, doing a call center so that people can call in at any time. I know a lot of my aunts or just parents or people around that may be a little bit older and not well versed on technology. They're just like, how do I even send a photo through text message? So anything like that is under the big umbrella of digital navigation. And these classes are free. And as we all know, in this world today and in society, technology has become like a main thing. And there will be people that don't know how to necessarily use computers or use these pro uh, programs, but they're highly intelligent especially when we speak about immigrants and low-income families and such. Like you mentioned, switching to Zoom. Imagine having five children all trying to log into Zoom and you only have like a small internet uh, connection. So we're working on getting affordable connectivity programs to people. Um, we're working on teaching them how to do different things that they may need to apply for a job or just to kind of live in, in today's society as well. 
Wow. Akuna, well, shout out to you for all of the ways that you are being engaged and involved in the community by providing these uh, amazing services and opportunities for folks. Of course, I got to give you time to look right there in that camera. Let folks know how to connect if they need to get some of these services that you just described. How do they connect? Yes, definitely. So you can go to our website. It is missionafrica.us and just click on the link that says digital navigation. You can register there and we will reach out to see the best way that we can assist you. Um, our address is there as well. If you just want to drop on by for one of our classes, uh, we are on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Mission in Africa. Wow, Akuna, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Amazing. Wow, well, the resource conversation is going to continue because Andre Franklin is in the building, y'all. It's the first time he's getting to sit on my living room sofa right here on the day with Trey in the Black Media Matter Studios. He's going to be telling us all about the resource program that Build 206 is offering to businesses, business incubation. You guys, stay tuned. You do not want to miss this. You're watching the day with Trey. Hey guys, Basil Gordon here, and before heading to Belize, Trey Holiday and I had to make sure we linked up with our good friends over at Market Street Shoes to, of course, grab a few things for the trip. From bags to socks, shoes, sunglasses, earrings, and more, before going on any trip, make sure you stop at Market Street Shoes. Trust me, you'll find just what you need to make your trip not only enjoyable, but fashionable. Welcome back, everybody, to the David Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, and joining me right now is Andre Franklin. What up, Dre? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Happy yeah. to be here. Well, glad to have you here. Uh, you know, this is really exciting because Build 206 has been so intentional about the services y'all provide. For those who may not know, just briefly tell us what Build 206 is all about. Yeah, Bill 206 is Brothers United in Leadership Development. Our main mission is focusing on issues that impact black men and boys, but we know there's intersectionality with that. So, you know, that impacts our women, of course, other folks uh, really bringing the community together. So we really focus on black joy led events and activities and overlaying that with information, you know, voters rights, labor rights. Um, and what I'm here to talk about today is our Build Black Wealth Initiative. Yeah, well, this is this is like what, like uh, second round of this. And you all have really been, I think, establishing yourselves in the community as a major resource. Tell us a bit about this program. Yeah, so I'll talk about it. I started last year. Uh, we had got some resources and we really wanted to inject them out into the community. And then, you know, our um, experience navigating, accessing resources, we wanted to make it a very simple process. So we, we uh, injected thousands of thousands of dollars into the community, but the Bill Black, one of our uh, key pillars of the Bill Black Wealth um, program is the incubator program, where we uh, give money to Black-led businesses and organizations. So a lot of time you have to be a nonprofit or have a fiscal sponsor. We eliminated that process. So people that want to start businesses or have businesses or organizations, some organizations aren't nonprofits, right? That's a barrier to access. You know, so we've uh, we work with a lot of organizations. Uh, some folks have been on your show, so Dev Chef, Axe on Stage, uh, The Postman. Um, you know, a number of other organizations. So we had 20 organizations and businesses, uh, black led, that came through our our initiative last year, and they all got a thousand dollars in resources as well as workshops and mentorship uh, around businesses. And we've had we had like 12 workshops uh, throughout the year from 
you know, health, uh, life insurance to estate planning all the way to health as wealth. Like, you know, making sure that you're taking care of your mental health, your well-being, because yeah, you can make all this money. But if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not grounded. It's all bad. But also uh, investing in debt management, uh, 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 dealing with your finances, you know, talked about QuickBooks or other you know tools that are free, like Google Sheets, Google Docs, Google Voice, things that are free. So had trainings and provide resources. Uh, for those. And then uh, it's not just the people who are part of the program. Those are people who got the funding, but also we opened it up to the community to come to these workshops as well uh, and provided those resources and the information. Also, like we recorded most of our workshops and the PowerPoints and everything are up, up on our website. So people have access to that information. Wow. I mean, talk about really bringing it to the people, Dre. I mean, this is so necessary. When you think about the evolution of Build 206 to get to this point, tell us a bit about uh, what it means to you. Because, you know, I remember connecting with y'all and y'all were like, all right, look, this is what we're doing. But you're, you've grown in that regard because really you're about servicing the community and it's clear. Tell us a bit about how that lands on you. Because obviously, you know, a lot of folks know Dre as like one of the main leaders of Build 206. So it's got to be really impactful for you as well. Yeah, it's definitely impactful for me. And we try to have like a flat leadership model. You know, everybody has has a voice. So uh, I can't do what I do without the team that's around me and vice versa. You know, so really and that's really, I think, something that's unique about our organizations. We really, really friends. We really rock with each other, really care about each other, really, really check, check on each other, make sure things are good. Um, so I just feel like it's my duty to get access. If I have access to resources, it's not about us hoarding those resources. Um, it's really an opportunity to remove barriers and then have the platform that we have access to, to funders, to have those conversations around. This is what our community needs. We need time and energy to be able to spend time with each other. We need time and energy. That's why we focus on black joy events, bringing people together, especially in the face of gentrification, when we're being dispersed all over the place, that's really, really important. So, we don't necessarily see ourselves as a as a service provider. We more see ourselves as a convener and um, <clears throat> a group that tries to gain give access to our community uh, however we can. So however we can, you know, re-leverage. So I, I think to answer your question, it, uh, you know, it makes me feel good. It fills my cup to, to be able to provide resources to the community that I grew up in that I love. And uh, I mean, it's all due to us anyways, you know what I'm saying? Like we, this is our money, it's our resources. It's just us getting access to it and then re-injecting it into our community and trying to remove the unnecessary barriers that a lot of these institutions and organizations create. Yeah, um, we know barriers are alive and well. So it's necessary for us to be able to do it relationally. And that's what I'm always talking about because there's a difference by uh, an organization that's led by somebody who really understands the ins and outs of the community. It, it's because you are a community member that you understand certain needs, right? But even in that regard, you still have a heart of service of going into the community to still check in with them. Are you? Am I sure that this is what y'all need? Tell me if y'all need something else, right? And that's really important because we have to be able to shift and change with the needs of the people um, and, and, and really stay connected and committed I think, to that entire uh, approach with all of this. So I appreciate what y'all are doing over at Build 206. And, you know, I see you everywhere. You're out in community. You're always connected. Uh, when you think about this this next level of the incubation program, tell us the ins and outs of it, the logistics. Um, uh, how do people apply? Like, how do the, you know, how long are the programs? What can they do to access the maximum amount of resources you all can provide? 
Yeah. So last year we provided a thousand dollars to each organization or business black led. Um, and we're doing the same thing this year. It's actually up to three thousand uh, dollars. So we're incentivizing some of the workshops for the people who get awarded. Uh, just, you know, people have things to do. We got to, you know, pay people for the time and, co and cover things. So we want to make sure that the cohort is strong and stays together because also there's a lot of learning that happens within the cohort. Right. And it's not, you know, and, and we made we learned a lot of stuff through this process, dealing with different organizations and businesses as well. And so there'll be, you know, five workshops uh, that that people will participate in. There's um, they automatically get a thousand dollars and it's like four hundred dollars per workshop. They'll get one hundred dollars immediately when they finish the workshop. And then at the end, they can bank that extra three hundred dollars and they get up to fifteen hundred dollars at the end. So it's a total of of, of three thousand uh, dollars. The information is on our website and all of our social media. Uh, you can find us on social media, build two oh six. Uh, across all platforms at Build 206 and then build206.com slash black wealth or build 206 or reach out to us admin at build206.com. Application is fairly simple, kind of an overview of what it is. Five or six questions. Are you a black led organization or a business? Yes or no. Do you operate in King County? That's everything. So you have to operate in King County. You don't have to be housing King County. So your business can be in you know, Everett or Tacoma outside of the county. But if you're doing any type of business within King County, you know, we want to try to try to uh, expand, expand the opportunity. So last year we had 265 people apply, 265 businesses and organizations apply. We were able to fund 20. Uh, this year we're hoping to expand that. And then we as we get that information, we're able to connect with those folks and, hey, we got a kickball event or back to school event. Do you want to be a vendor? At our event. So it's not just about us giving the folks the 20 or 30 folks that we're funding. It's it's also how do we connect people to community to come have fun, bring your kids, come play some kickball. But also, hey, if you got a service or or a product or something that you want to provide at our, that's appropriate for our community that you want to provide. We have we have a lot of events that we can overlay that. And, and then part of what we're doing now is we're going to be rolling out. We started recording working with Dancing in the Rain Media, which is another one of our incubator program participants. We've been recording um, podcasts with a lot of participants last year. So it's an opportunity to share their stories, have a platform to get that information out to the community so we can support. A lot of times we just don't know who's doing what in our community. So how do we get this information out? How do you provide a platform uh, for us to make that happen? Yeah, this is uh, phenomenal, Dre. 265 applicants. I mean, uh, you're talking about a, a large need here. And I love that Bill 206 is stepping into that need and providing the resources. What does it look like on the other side in terms of approval process? You know, for those who may be looking to apply, you know, how can they try to maximize their application to ensure that they're providing the information that is necessary, maybe to get them through so that they can be a participant? Yeah, I think it's it's it, we we don't get into the word game. So I think people being authentic about what they're going to use the resources for, you know, why they're applying for it, uh, answering the questions, and then you know also we're going to value folks that are able to commit to being part of the cohort. Uh, it's not necessarily a deal breaker, but we want to try to we want to get the doses. We know it's important to be able to get people as much information as possible. But just knowing how RPs and grants work, normally it's like really a word game and you got to get a grant writer and spend all this time. We don't want to make it all laborious. We want to say, hey, this is what I do. This is what I'm about. This is what we're going to use these resources for. We're black led. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. And then how do y'all make the decision? You have a panel that goes through the applications. What does that look like on the Yeah, we review them. We review them, uh, you know, talk about it. And then we make a decision. We, you know, come up with the recommendations. And then we announce, you know, reach out to people. And then, you know, sometimes, like like last year, some people we reached out to, they had other commitments that they had to partake in. And so we kind of worked the list, worked the list from there. So, like I said, we try to make it as holistic as possible. And then also, you know, us being so connected in community, we know a lot of folks that are already doing a lot of stuff. So people and we're telling people, hey, you need to apply. Make sure you get it in. So all of us have our own network. So we're telling people, hey, make sure you apply for this resource. Um, and like I said, the money is a small thing. It's really about how do we build community? How do we how we provide that mentorship, especially around business or, or organizational operation? Uh, we try not to, you know, our focus is really being culturally relevant. But we're also understanding that we're operating in a Eurocentric white supremacy culture environment. So people need to understand about your taxes. You need to understand that you need to, you know, have a budget. You need to understand how to do these types of things, especially if you're talking about building wealth. You need to know how to play the game the way the game is designed. And a lot of it is having a safe place for us to have conversations about money in our community because schools aren't teaching this. Sometimes our parents have been excluded from these types of conversations. So we're not getting at home. So how does a community, how do we come up with opportunities for people to have safe, open conversations, ask questions about stocks and insurance and, and debt management and interest rates and home ownership and different types of things without feeling embarrassed or I should know this or whatever because the schools aren't giving it to us. And like I said, a lot of our parents and this community have been systematically excluded. So that's the overarching thing is how do we create space for folks? Some folks are going to get awarded resources, but doesn't mean that if Trey didn't apply and she wants to come to a workshop that she's interested in, she can come to a, come to a workshop. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys are really being uh, intentional about all of the different ways to layer it, which I think a lot of, uh, you know, programs don't always do. I mean, you just described a bunch of different ways to make sure that they can be vendors, they can be on the podcast, they can share their story, they can get their business out there, even if they don't uh, get to do the incubator program itself. And I think that that's really necessary, too, as we think about how we need to customize it, opening up the door to really allow for that access to be there for businesses so that they can participate in the ways they can. Um, so phenomenal work, Dre. Of course, you already said it, but I got to give you time. Look right there. Let folks know how they apply, how they connect with Build 206. One more thing I want to add is we also have a partnership with Seattle Office of Labor Standards. Uh, so we're able to provide that information to people who run businesses as well as employees uh, in, in the city of Seattle. Um, so that's been a, a huge resource for this incubator program as well as to be able to have those trainings and opportunities for us to share that information. So uh, once again, my name is Dre. I'm with Build 206, uh, Brothers United Leadership Development. You can reach out to us on any social media platforms. It's at Build 206. Hit us up on our website, build206.com to apply for the Build Black Wealth Incubator Program 2.0. Uh, applications are open now. They close on February 12th at 5 p.m. and then we'll have a decision in the next 60 days and we'll get the get the thing things rolling so i appreciate you guys providing a platform for black folks for what we're doing in here or we definitely know black media matters and uh we appreciate what you guys are doing for our community thanks so much dre thanks for being with me
Sure. Oh my goodness, you all. It has been a great episode today. I want to thank uh, all of my guests for being here, really providing some inspiration. Dudi Chuku, uh, the executive director of Mission Africa, sharing their mission and their vision and the ways that they are executing it. It was beautiful to hear all of the programs that they are offering out in community locally and globally. Uh, shout out to Akuna for her work here locally, uh, particularly as she shared how she's connecting with youth and bringing them programs. But also there's opportunities for y'all to tap in with Mission Africa. See if there is ways for you to volunteer or bring your skill, talent, time, and treasure to that organization so that they can also be benefited by what you have to offer. And of course, huge thank you to Dre Franklin for being here from Build 206. It's great to know that we have organizations that are led by folks from our community who really understand the needs of our community because they are a part of it, uh, but also using their relationships to ensure that these resources are hitting the necessary nodes, sometimes that don't often get the money, sometimes that don't often get the opportunity to be a part of these incubator programs. Um, it's a great, great thing to know that we have folks that are really dedicated to that work. So shout out to Dre and all the folks over at Build 206. We appreciate you all for the work you're doing. Of course, y'all know I was inspired today. I mean, y'all heard that story of Duty saying she was in the village and everybody came to her and said, don't forget us. Oh, it just struck me so hard hard today. And for me, of course, it's always like every single day being able to talk to these inspiring, amazing, brilliant individuals here on The Day with Trey just allows me to always be inspired by their stories. And I'm giving this platform to all of you so you too can be inspired by them. Figure out what it is you need to do to see yourself as a part of the solution as they all have. And for me, until Monday, uh, no, tomorrow's Friday. So I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow at 11 a.m., y'all. <laughs> Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.